You are welcome to a great moment in destiny. God is about to speak directly to you and the message coming right up is crafted by heaven not just to challenge you but to align your destiny. As you embrace divine instruction, expect that God's word is bringing about revival, healing, restoration and transformation to your entire life. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me and receive God's word through his choice vessel, Apostle Goodheart Obi Ekoeme. Psalm 101, Understanding Revival 101. Our Father, yet again on bending knees with hearts and hands, raise up unto you the giver of life and the preserver of life. Rabboni, the teacher of teachers, I beseech you to take a coal of fire from the altar of heaven. Anoint the lips and the tongues of clay of this seventh son of yours this morning. That this morning I will come to these your people with a thus saith the Lord. Help me to go beyond my preparation, study and contemplation. I hide myself behind the cross of Calvary. As I decrease, let Jesus alone be seen this morning. Let devils now be terrified. Let this body of believers be edified. And let Jesus alone be glorified. We vow as always to give you the praise, the glory and the honor. In Jesus' victorious name we have prayed. Somebody shout a big amen. Whilst you're seated, tell your neighbor, understand revival 101. Understanding revival 101. Beloved, we live in a generation where words have been used somewhat carelessly and somewhat flippantly. Sometimes the meaning intended is the very direct opposite of what the word actually means in the English language. When you hear a teenager today make an expression of delight, ecstasy, and joy, and excitement, such as using the word bad, when they say something is bad, his very intention is to let you know how actually how good or how great that particular thing is to him. And you see such an expression to an old grandmother of 70, 80, uh, who simply understands the word bad to mean what the English word means to simply be bad, will not understand that to this young lad who is in his teens, what he means by the word bad is actually uh, something good, something pleasurable, something exciting, something wonderful to him or to her. With this kind of confusion of the use of words in our modern times, one needs to seek to ascertain from the user of words what meaning he or she had intended when he or she used the very words. Saints of the living God, the bottom line is that if communication is going to be effective between two parties, then they must agree as to the usage of certain words and certain phrases as to what it means to them. Otherwise, it will appear as though one of the parties is speaking French and the other is speaking Latin or German or Igbo. 
Uh, so again, we come to this issue of uh, revival. The word revival has also become quite a very popular phrase, a popular term. We see people shout and tout here and there, revival, revival, revival amongst Christian circles in our present day, in our generation. But we find now that when people use the word revival, that word means to them something different as it may mean to you because they have a mindset, they have a persuasion, they have their own understanding of what revival means to them. In other words, many people who talk about revival today actually have different things in their minds when they speak of the word revival. For instance, now, if I paused for just a few moments to ask everybody under the sound of my voice what you understand the word revival to mean. To some of you, it will mean something else. To some other person, it will mean something else. For one person, revival may simply mean becoming bigger, becoming happier, becoming richer, becoming more prosperous, becoming more comfortable. For another, yet still, revival may simply mean meeting the need that you've had for a long time or God breaking some age-long circle or cycle you've had in your life. For yet some other still revival may simply mean a closer walk with God, a closer walk of intimacy, a new level of prayer, a new level of study in the word of God. For somebody else, revival may mean the outpouring of signs and wonders and miracles. For somebody else, revival may mean a breakthrough, a lifting, a promotion on the job. So the word revival will probably mean different things to different people, depending on what side, on what track they are on. That's why, beloved, it is very important that we all go to the word of God to identify not from what men think revival is, not from what men perceive revival to be, not from what men imagine revival to be, but simply from what God, the revivalist, what God, the reviver, says revival is. Someone once said that if you don't know where you are going, into then anywhere you find yourself may appear like where you are going to in other words if you don't know your destination any pathway that you go through may seem that is going to bring you to your destination until you have a very clear picture of where it is you're going to you will not know when you've arrived there until you know what revival is according to scripture what God said revival is you will not know when you've attained revival or when you've attained what I call a pseudo or a make-believe revival out of point out of target I'm sure nobody under the sound of my voice wants to experience what is called a pseudo revival a make-believe revival a fake revival the kind that the king Saul really up when Samuel delayed to come. He laid up a sacrifice and created a false revival. He had no 
no right to sacrifice. It was only in the place for the priest to sacrifice. But when he looked around here and there, there was no revival. He tried to create his own revival. Saint of the living God, don't settle for a fake revival. Don't settle for a pseudo revival. Don't settle for a make-believe revival because there is such a thing as genuine revival and God desires for you and for I to partake of that revival in this day and in this generation. Somebody shout a big amen. By extension, if we don't know exactly what God has planned for us when he said that he will revive us on the second day in Hosea 2 and on the third day he will raise us will come to the second day and will not be able to understand what God intends to do in the second day with a local assembly as this that is called revival house of glory international church it becomes even much more important that as a family that we understand from the scriptures what genuine and what true revival is so that we can pursue the same accurately without any form of ambiguity or any form of guesswork. I want you to just look into the eyes of your neighbor left and right and tell them revival is here again. Oh say it like a preacher revival is here don't just whisper push them and just declare revival is here again I see revival break out in your life I see revival break out in your family I see revival break out in your marriage I see revival break out concerning your ministry your business and your career path I see revival break out in the works of your hand revival is here again revival simply means dead things are coming back to life revival means dying things are coming back to life revival means weak things are going to be made strong revival means that feeble things they're going to be invigorated they're going to be empowered can you shout again revival is here again i feel it in my bones that revival is being shared up in this house of revival the Bible declares in Psalm 85 verse 6, Will thou not revive us again? That thy people may rejoice in thee. Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. Will thou not revive us again? The first thing we are made to understand from this particular text is that if there were ever revival anywhere and revival anytime upon the face of the earth, God is saying that he is able and willing, I feel this in my bones now, to revive us again. We've read of and heard of the mighty revivals upon the face of the earth in history, whether in biblical history or post-biblical days of the things that our God has done upon the face of the earth. How it is, is poured down a deluge of his grace, of his glory, of his power, of his might, of his splendor upon human existence across nations. Saints, what God did yesterday, God is willing and able to do again can somebody shout revival is here again 
when you say that look into your life and determine that you are going to experience revival you won't only be a reader of revival my god but your life will be a script of revival that many should the lord tarry will read about your life and say yeah walk a man who walked in the power in the grace in the glory in the might of almighty god revival is here again what he did yesterday he's going to do today he's going to revive us again from the scriptures we can see that god can and god will indeed still revive us again saint of the living god there is nothing too dead in your life that is too dead for the resurrection power of the almighty god he brought lazarus back from the grave after four days smelling a stinking rigor mortis set into his body at just one word lazarus come forth when the voice of almighty god thunders the graves open dry bones come together as it was in Ezekiel 37 where bones came to bone joint to joint sinew to sinew marrows came together flesh upon them skin upon them then the prophet prophesied to the north wind the south wind the east wind and the west wind and the bible declares that there rose a mighty army from the valley of dry bones I want to prophesy to you this Sunday morning your bones may appear to be dry but they are coming back to life your bones may appear to be brittle but they are coming back to life no hope you can't cope they are coming back to life no vision they are coming back to life no connection no network they are coming back to life you say to me pastor how do I know I know this it's not going to be by your power it will not be by your might the bible declares in Zechariah 4 6 by my spirit says the Lord Mary said how shall these things come to pass oh the angel said this is another therapy this is another story this is another syllabus you will need Joseph to intervene but the Holy Ghost somebody shout the Holy Ghost the Holy Ghost shall come upon you there will be a holy conception within you it'll be called a holy thing saint of the living God I perceive right now there is a wind of revival blowing across this auditorium if all you can see is the moment and ask the Holy Ghost to do for you to do in you what only God can do he will step into your matter somebody's dry bones they're coming back to life you will live again you will walk again your business will rise again your family will rise again that marriage about to be on the rocks I prophesy it will be upon the rock called Christ it will rise again your ministry will rise again your company will rise again your marriage your family it will rise again why revival is here again somebody shout I believe I believe revive us again we saw in our teaching and our message last Sunday morning 
and that we can actually redig the ancient wells of revival of our apostolic fathers. We can redig them. And by redigging them, it means we can thereby experience similar moments of refreshing at those wells of revival. There were ancient pathways, our forebears, our apostolic fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they followed particular pathways. And if those pathways are traced, you are able to enjoy moments of refreshing at those places where they were refreshed. The Bible says concerning you and I that we are to look unto Abraham, our father. Isaiah 51 verse 2. Look unto Abraham, your father, and unto Sarah that bare you. For I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. That means we have an example to follow in the person of Abraham. And one of the things was said about Abraham in Romans 4 is that he has what is called the steps of faith. Romans 4.12 and the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had been yet uncircumcised. There were steps of faith that Abraham took that we can retrace the steps of faith and as we retrace them, we can also enjoy refreshing from those things he did. The Bible says in Hebrews 6.12 that we should not be slothful but be fervent or followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. We are not to be slothful. Romans says we're to be fervent but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Beloved, let me re-emphasize it again. Whatever God did yesterday God is able and willing to do today. Not just that. He's willing and able to do tomorrow. Because the Bible declares. Malachi 3.6. I am the Lord God. I change not. Hebrews 13.8. Talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus. The same. Yesterday. The same. Today. The same. Forevermore. If he opened blind eyes yesterday, he's still in the business of opening blind eyes. If he cleansed the lepers of leprosy, my Jesus, your Jesus, is still in the business of cleansing people of leprosy today. If he opened blind eyes, he can restore your vision. If he opened barren wombs yesterday, he can open your barren womb. With God, nothing is impossible. With man, it may be impossible. With a doctor, with a lawyer, with a banker, it may be impossible. But with God, all things, including your thing, is possible. I don't know what your thing is, but your own thing is part of the equation that with God, all things are possible. I don't know what you're going through right now. Under the sound of my voice, I see the hand of Yahweh grip you from where you are. From your valley 
experience to catapult you to experience something on the mountaintop of destiny. I declare if you believe you are moving from the back to the front. You are moving from zero to hero. You are moving from the bottom to the top by the wind, by the finger, by the hand of almighty God. Somebody shout I believe I receive. Everything is changed by the hand of God coming upon your life. Whatever God did yesterday, he's still doing today. How dare you limit God? The Bible declares in Romans 3, 4, let God be true and every man be a liar. Let every man be a liar. Let the doctor be a liar. Let the banker be a liar. Oh, let your husband, let your wife who said you can't make it be a liar. Oh, I don't know who it is, but let them be liars. Let God be true. There is nothing you can do against a man whom God has blessed. Nothing. A blessed man is a dangerous man. The Bible declares concerning a blessed man. Psalm 105 15. Touch not the Lord's anointed. The Lord's blessed. Why? Uh, you can't catch fire. Nobody can catch fire without burning. The prophet Balaam said to Balak. You're trying to make me curse whom God has blessed. It's time I try to curse the blessing of God in boomerangs. I speak. I prophesy. I declare. Touch not the Lord's anointed. It's time anybody living or dead mark my words. I stand in my office as one sent to this city. It's time anybody tries to do do you, to voodoo you, to juju you. We declare as a family back to sender. Those that declare your death, they won't see your tomorrow. The pits they dig for you, the Bible says, not me, they will fall in pits seven times deeper. The Bible says they come one way, but they flee seven ways. Roger, that's for you in the name of Jesus Christ. Balaam said, I can't curse Lubagayeto Paraba. You are blessed beyond the reproach, beyond the curse. You are going forward to the amazement of your foes, to the amazement of your enemies. Devils will be terrified when you rise and you are about to rise now. How can you curse whom El Leon has blessed? The most high has approved somebody. You want to curse? You're dying prematurely. A man, a people who are blessed, they are dangerous people. You know, you don't know how many have died because of the hand of God upon your life. If Robande Gesete Krakata Burgaba, Brakata Boska, Palia Palapo, 
if your eyes were open to see the people your God allowed to die. How can you curse whom the creator of the heavens and earth has blessed? Uh, please look for seven people declare I am too blessed to be stressed. Enough is enough. Oh, say it like a preacher. I am too blessed to be stressed. Enough is enough. I'm too blessed. I'm just too blessed. I'm just too blessed to be stressed. Stop that nonsense. I'm too blessed to be stressed. It's a good place to shout. It's a good place to clap. It's a good place to celebrate. It's a good place. All those revivals that we read about in history, in literature books, please pay attention. Your God is not only set to do the same. Mezobalayati saya. Your God is said to outdo everything you've read about. Oh my word. Father, open our eyes of understanding. That means the things you read about from Acts 1 to 28, Zigo Dabalosa, the shadow of Peter, raising one who was sick or dead, Napkin from Paul, being used to heal. One man preached, 3,000 saved. Preached, 5,000 saved. Man, the Bible says what God is about to do in this day, in this age, is going to make what we read about pale in insignificance. Revival. Is here again. There's a common glory. You, you may think the acts of the apostle. No, no, no. The acts of the Holy Ghost. Were concluded by the 28th chapter. You are wrong. The book was concluded. But the Holy Ghost is still acting. Oh, sketabarabo setaya. There will emerge men like Paul, men like Peter, men like James, men like Timothy. They will emerge again. And when they operate, they will say again, as they said concerning them, that these men are gods in the likeness of men. Jesus said, you are gods whom the word of God came. You are God. I didn't say it. My master said in red letter John. You are God. Whom the word of God came to. That means the word of God is what godifies you. If only you will open the womb of your spirit this morning. To embrace the seed of the word. You will be godified. chapters of Acts of the Holy Ghost still continue to be written. Hmm. And 
you were part of that chapter. Chapter 29, chapter 30, 31, 32, 33, 35, 36. I don't know what chapter you're in, but I, I believe you're somewhere in the mix. You're somewhere and with a 1,000, somewhere about you is in the mix somewhere. That means the way we read about those men, men are going to read about you and the workings of God in your life. Paul said, you are our epistles, read and known of all men. That means as Paul was proclaiming the gospel, God was writing the epistles in their hearts. Making them become epistle. E-P-I-S-T-L-E, but P-I-S-T-O-L. The epistle is a pistol in your hand against your foes and your enemies. That's why thrice when Jesus was tempted, all he said, it is written one. It is written two. It is written three. Those were bullets from the pistol of the word of God. Are you still here? There is another level. Another level. Beyond God just being willing and able to revive us again, as in the time of old, he's actually set to do even much more greater in our day, in our age, than we saw in history. Because the Bible says very clearly, you know that, that the glory of the latter house shall supersede to the glory of the former house. And I want to make you understand that revival is not an end of itself. Because revival is a means to an end. Before we continue to discover a few things about true, true revival, we must emphasize that revival is not the destination. Because if all you're looking for is just to be revived, You've come back to life. The word vive, vivacious, from the same word vive, revitalize. It speaks of bringing back to life something that was dead. If all you're about is revival, then you're going to suffer and die on the second day. For he said, on the second day, he will revive you. But beyond the second day experience, my God, I feel in my bones. There is a third day experience. On the third day, he won't just revive you, he will raise you. God is about to raise you. When God raises a man, nobody can recognize the man raised. He's a shadow of what he was before. When he shows up, you will know that this is a man whom the Lord turned around. His captivity, he's been raised by God. God is about to raise you. I don't know whether you came with your faith suit here. Or 
When God raised a man, you're not in doubt of the finger of God on his life. Nobody will see me and doubt that I'm called. Some have missed calls. Some got SMS. Some were called. By the help of Yahweh, I belong to the league of those who are called. Why? Raised up, not by power. Not by pedigree. Not by decree. Not made by decree or pedigree. God made. You know when God rubs pomade on you? When he rubs powder on you? He smears you with favor. He puts a coat of many color upon your life. There's no door that can be closed against you. I declare prophetically over this house that is apostolic and prophetic that God is releasing upon you the coat of favor. The coat of many colors. That coat will open short doors. That coat will announce you. That coat will raise you. That coat will show you up. If you believe it, shall I believe I receive. Not by power. Not by might. But by my spirit, said the Lord. To revival. It's not an end. It's a means to an end. Why? God revives you as a necessary pathway. Please pay attention. It's a pathway that it will ultimately bring you to a place of glorification. So his intention and his destination for you it's not just revival, but it's glory or glorification. So we see the process is to be revived. After you're revived, you are reformed. You're reformed to carry the new wine, the new glory. Because whatever God feels, he must first and foremost form. My God, I feel this. He is the potter. You are the clay. He formed you in the garden of Eden. He made man from the dust of the earth. Then he, he filled man with breath. So whatever God forms with his hand, he will fill with his breath. So when we speak of revival, then reformation. Reformats your hard disk. To make you to be able to receive the new software of glory about to be downloaded. Then ultimately, he'll move you to the place of glorification. Hosea 6.2 says, and the second day, after two days, he will revive us. In the third day, he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. Saints, there is a third day. Yeah. Don't get stuck in the second day. It's the third day. Perhaps no wonder the house, this family is called Revival House of Glory. 
The journey begins from revival. Because that is what man's greatest need is now. And you can't have glory without being revived. So you start with revival, but you don't stop with revival. You must go on to get to the third day where you'll be glorified. Raised with him. Raised to sit together with him on the right hand of majesty. Not just legally, but actually in your mind, you believe it is a reality to you. From revival to glory. Understanding revival 101. There are four specific questions we will make efforts to address and to consider in this particular treatise or discourse. And these are thus. Number one question. What is revival? What is revival in the first place? Number two question. Why do we need a revival? If you don't see the need, you wouldn't pursue it. Why do we need revival? Or do we really need a revival or not? Some are the school of faith that they say, once you're born again, you're revived. But the word revival is not New Testament applicable. It's Old Testament. All I say is, I hear you. Number three question. When do we need a revival? Why and when? And the fourth question. How can we obtain or achieve a revival? What is revival? Why do we need a revival? When do we need it? And how can we obtain revival? We certainly may not be able to discuss all these questions in this particular service. Because of the brevity of time and the limitation we have of time. But by the grace of God, I will continue this same discourse uh, in days to come. As we continue to journey in the discovery of what revival is and how to obtain revival. But I want to mention a few things before I leave you this Sunday morning. And number one is the need for us to understand that there are two major aspects or classes, if you like, of revival. There is revival at the micro level. There is revival at the macro level. At the micro level, it deals with individuals. At the macro level, it deals with a corporate revival. Revival of families. Yes, your family can be revived. Revival of communities. Yes, your community, Garaki, Meitama, Wuse, Tu, Wuye, can be revived. Revival of states. The federal capital territory, Nigeria, can be revived. Your particular state of origin can be revived. We speak of national revival. Nigeria can experience revival as it was in the 60s and the 70s. Ghana can be revived. Japan, Tokyo, Switzerland, America, USA can be revived. Nations can be revived. So there is a micro level revival. There is a macro level. There's a level of individuals. Level of a corporate entity. But I want to make you understand. That it is personal revival. 
that is the beginning and the foundation of corporate revival. It's when individuals like you and I have experienced genuine personal revival that their lives in turn can serve as a catalyst for corporate, community, city, state, and national revival. A burning forest was lit by the striking of a matchstick. One matchstick set the forest ablaze. But there had to be the point of ignition. So whilst many people are emphasizing on corporate revival, revive my nation, revive my country, revive my city. I think the emphasis should be revive me, oh God. Because when you are revived, you serve as part of the catalyst or the coals in the fire that will combust to cause your environment to be revived. Revival is here again. Book deals largely not on corporate revival, but on personal revival. Saints, in order to experience personal revival, it is important to understand the difference between making Jesus, pay attention now, we're getting to the meat of the matter. Between making Jesus your Savior and Jesus your Lord. Woo. It's very possible for Jesus to be the Savior of somebody. But yet still, that person struggles to accept, to affirm, to endorse, to receive, to acknowledge Jesus as the Lord. Ooh. And I believe with all sincerity of heart that many believers are in this state, this position, where they've received and embraced Jesus as their savior, but yet to release their lives to him as Lord. As Savior, Jesus is embraced and received. Listen now. Simply as our fire insurance policy cover. Fire means hellfire. It's my Savior. That means you stop at the point where he saved you from destruction. He saved you from going to hell. But as Lord, Jesus is not just seen as my fire insurance policy cover. But he is seen as one who I am completely submitted to and surrendered to. I'm choosing my words deliberately. Submission and surrender are words that speak of lordship. When you have a, a landlord, in those days, a landlord has unabated access to the land you are using that belongs to him. 
He can barge into your house at any time because he is the Lord of the land. You are only the tenant of the land or house. So for Jesus, it's getting deeper now, to be embraced is Katobala. As your Lord, you are saying, I admit I don't have a life of my own anymore. I acknowledge that naked I came, naked I will depart. Everything in between, in betwixt belongs to him. I'm acknowledging that where he leads, I will follow irrespective of how I feel. Where he sends me, I will go irrespective of my emotions. What he asks me to say, I will say irrespective of whose toes my word steps on. His law. He's not the Lord of many people. Many people want to lord it over their lives, but have him as savior. You can never be revived that way. You can never see glory that way. Glory requires self-death. You must disappear for him to appear. As John the Baptist said, he must increase and I must decrease. These are the pathways of glory. You want to be revived? You can be revived owning your life. When you come to the pathway making Jesus Lord, you know that the car you drove, though it has your name, Brother Goodheart, doesn't belong to Brother Goodheart. You know who it belongs to? Jesus. The suit on your back may have your name. You may have the receipt, but really it belongs to you. You see, you see, until you begin to think in the manner of him being Lord. Many claim is my Lord, is my Lord. Now, if he's your Lord and you hear a voice, not the voice of the devil, but the voice of the Holy Ghost that tells you, pull out your check right now and write a check. One and six zeros after. You will say, I bind you. You know why? It's telling you who your Lord is after all. Saved, heaven bound, but lorded over by money. Lorded over by the desire for fame and popularity. The house is quiet. Woo! Pin drop silence. Is he your Lord? Help me, Lord. The Lordship of Jesus requires living a life of complete surrender and submission to Christ. Such a place, beloved, I do know as well as you know, is not the easiest of place for believers to arrive at. That's why it takes a process to make Jesus your Lord. Making him your savior is an event. 
there is a day, there is a time, there is a moment in history when you ask Jesus to come into your heart and into your life. But for Jesus to be your Lord, it goes beyond a date and a moment. It's a process. In fact, it's a lifelong process of yielding, of submitting, decreasing more that he may increase more. But the point is, enroll for the pathway. Begin the journey of dying to self. Self wants to be on the stage of visibility and popularity. God said, no. Just like Jesus, become a man of the reputation. Decrease that I may increase. Saints, the God we serve is a jealous God. You know it's in the Bible. It's there. Somebody once said that God is either the God of all or he's not God at all. You find that God is a God of the whole earth, but God is not the father and the Lord of everybody else. He is only father and Lord of those who submit and surrender their will to him. Saints, Please note this. It will help you for the future. The safest place to be in life is to be submitted and surrendered to Jesus as both Lord and Savior. And this process of making him Lord can be called many names. But one particular name I will use this morning for just a few minutes is discipleship. Discipleship. It's a long process of discipleship. Discipleship is a process by which a person or a child of God is transformed, please pay attention, from glory to glory to resemble Jesus. Not just in spirit, in word, in thought, in character, indeed, listen now, by a progressive walk of intimacy with the word and with the Holy Ghost. Transformation is the underscoring word. Discipleship. Discipleship. The ultimate result or outcome of true discipleship is to raise men and women into the full mature stature of Christ. In other words, Christ-likeness or Christ-like maturity is at the heart of discipleship. The template of discipleship it's not to resemble any minister of the gospel. Not to mimic. Not to imitate. Not to clown any minister of the gospel. But the essence of discipleship is to bring people to resemble Jesus in maturity, in word, in thought, in character, in So it's no effort to clone people to look like other people. 
if the Bible says, Apostle said, follow me even as I what? Follow me even as I follow Christ. Imitate me even as I imitate Christ. By this simple statement, it means the Bible clearly gives you and I the express permission to discontinue to follow anybody, any minister, any leader, any service team lead who is not following Christ. Are you still here? Why? It is dangerous to be led by anyone who is not being led by Christ. Because a blind tour guide will lead you to nowhere but a ditch. And worse still, a blind tour guide may even lead you to beyond a ditch to more dangerous places including eternal damnation. When I speak of following Christ, I speak of following the real and genuine Christ of the Bible. Not the Christ fabricated by the mind and emotions of modern day Christians here on on a certain day by the pressure of the people of God at the mountaintop when Moses was on the top there were the valley it says make for us a God you know the story made a golden calf and they made a most amazing statement they said this is the God that brought you out from Egypt and I believe in their mind they actually believe that the real Christ of the Bible the real Christ of the Bible is humble not arrogant the real Christ of the Bible came to serve mankind and humanity and not to be served the real Christ of the Bible taught and lived an exemplary life of covenant sacrificial love. The real Christ stripped himself of every reputation before men. The real Christ lived to please his father, not to please self. The real Christ had his will, his desires under divine subjection. At Gethsemane he prayed thrice. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. The real Christ came to save the sinner, not to judge the sinner of the saint. The real Christ. The real Christ knew his days on the earth were transient. He said, while it is day, I must do the work of him who has sent me. The real Christ. This is why you have to look close your leader including brother Goodhart the moment any leader service team HOD head of this head of that in your mind based on your understanding of the real Christ veers off and shifts 
God gives you the right not to follow. It's a good place to clap, whether you like it or not. It's a good place to clap. I said all that. Just to say this. That discipleship is essentially a transformational word. One that you engage a process. Wow. Of going from glory to glory. To glory. To glory. Paul says, for me to live is Christ. For me to die is gain. For me to die to self. For me to decrease. To make room for Christ to increase. You want to be revived. You want to walk in the glory of God for this day and age. Embrace Jesus. Number one, as your savior. As you respond to the utter call of being born again. But in addition, for some, for few, for many, in a place of commitment, consecration, devotion, dedication, embrace him to be your Lord. You're saying, I make room in my heart, in my family, my finances, my business. Take it over. Bow your heads for two, three minutes and talk to your God. Father, thank you. You have just experienced the preaching and teaching ministry of Good Heart Obi Ekweme, lead pastor of Revival House of Glory International Church, Rogic, and the apostolic leader of the Horn of Revival Ministry, a global outreach ministry mandated to carry the torch of revival across cities and nations if you would like to ask a question share your prayer request or testimony or get more messages or books from apostle goodheart please call or text 0805-223-4444 or email info at rogic.org that is info at r-h-o-g-i-c dot o-r-g also download the horn of revival ministry app on Google Play or Apple Store to connect with a variety of quality resources including Rogic Radio and our refreshing daily devotions to take you higher in life. And for real-time ministry, you can follow Apostle Goodheart on Twitter. The handle is at Pastor Goodheart. And on Instagram, the handle is at Apostle Goodheart. Keep hearing the Word of God. It will produce intimacy with your spirit for uncommon encounters on the earth.